Do you want to pray for him? Oh, and the children are going to go this morning. So children, you can go and... Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you going to sit down? <laughs> oh, I put my Bible there because I can... All right, let's just pray for Jeff this morning. Father, we thank you for your... Um, Thank you for this morning, and thank you for your presence. Um, thank you what you're doing. We thank you. We just welcome you again. And Lord, just prepare our hearts. Thank you for anointing Jeff. Lord, that give us ears to hear. Lord, hide him in you. Um, Lord, it's not about him. It's about you. Let your word, Lord God, Father, speak to our hearts. So, Father, we, we just... Yeah, we just open our ears to hear this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey. Amen. Amen. Welcome, Robin. Oh, that feels loud. Um, <clears throat> we've got some technological uh, advances this morning. Apparently, um, I'm going to be live streaming to Kathleen. So, kia ora, Kathleen, even though she's not there, and maybe Grace. And Susie, and Susie as well. Um, yeah, just before I start, Raphael, I just want to say it was a, it's a privilege to have you with our, our movie last night, The Terminator. Um, yeah, it was such a blessing. And Pastor Foley, I just want to say, I'm just so thankful to God for his generosity and his goodness to your whanau, Reuben, for the, yeah, just what your whanau has been through the flood, so I'm just, I was just, wow, Lord, this is good, this is good, this is good. Okay, everyone, we got our Bibles. What I feel to do this morning, um, which we've done before, I'm borrowing this off Froley, is um, I just feel for the scriptures this morning, let's all, let's all read it together. Let's, um, when the verses I go, I just feel like to declare the Word of God, speak it out, speak it into the open, speak it into the atmosphere as we go through the Scriptures this morning. I just want to encourage you to do that as we go there. So we're all going to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to be looking at Jehoshaphat. I hope I pronounced that right. Where he defeats Moab and Ammon. It's a beautiful story or a Great story. I was just drawn to it. I said, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? And I just opened my Bible, and there it was. And it was just, well, I believe it was funny. And so we're going to read that together. We're going to, it's a long chapter, not too long, but we'll read it together. Follow after me. We're going to go from verse 1 all the way to the end of the chapter. Should take us to verse 30. But I want to focus on verse 1 to 13 specifically today, but we're going to read the whole chapter so we get a context, so we get a whole idea. So are we ready? So First, Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Funny, it follows First Chronicles, if you're looking for it. That's right. I can't give you the page number. Robin always gives a page number. I don't have a page number. Somewhere in your Bible, or on your phone. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Are we ready at the back? 
chapter 20. So chapter 20, the whole chapter. Ready? One, two, three. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Meonites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazizon Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in, front, in the front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you will not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Juriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord, who will give you, O, Jer o Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face him tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Korahites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa, and they set out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, His love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, 
the Lord sent ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakath, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Barakath to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word. What an amazing story of your hand of protection. What an amazing story of, Father, how you draw us, how you say, the battle is not yours, it's mine. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, that, Lord, our country, the world is facing things that are unprecedented. But, Lord, as we fix our eyes on you, you have the answer. You have the solution. You have the direction for us. And I thank you, Father, that you are an amazing God to draw us to your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles, written by Ezra in 430 BC. And chapter 20 follows the story of King Jehoshaphat, as many of you know, who ruled over the kingdom of Judah. Remembering that Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And here was Jehoshaphat, appointed king over the southern kingdom. He was the son of King Asa, who the Bible says his father's heart was fully committed to the Lord all of his life. We read that he had faults, but what a legacy to leave your children, that your heart was fully committed to the Lord all your life. As their king, Jehoshaphat appointed judges, instructing them to serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord. I was just amazed reading Jehoshaphat's story. I said, man, this, this king, this king, Lord, has got his eyes fixed on you. So here we have in verse 1, the enemies of Jehoshaphat come to make war on him. Does this sound like a war that's been unleashed on us at the moment? The enemy preempting and unleashing throughout the world at the moment, the spirit of fear, the spirit of anarchy, through this coronavirus, COVID-19 as they call it. But the Lord's not surprised by this, and we can take heart from what Jehoshaphat done in response to the threat he was facing from a vast army. I mean, I would be scared if I was facing the prospect of advance army coming from to Aotearoa coming against us. I would be scared. I mean, I remember in the past there were stories of 
um, in World War II, armies coming against. I don't know how close they got to our shores, but there was threats. And so we, we watched the war movies of soldiers rising up and courage. Yes, I'm going to go out and fight. I'll do it to defend my land. And we saw the war movies, and I remember distinctly some of them where as the enemy got closer, they start to, tr more, the more trembling and fear and panic they started to get. And I remember one particular movie where, you know, you just saw the men just wetting themselves, just overwhelmed because the enemy was near. And I was thinking, Lord, I'd be like that. I'd be panicked in fear and fear. But then on the other side, there were soldiers that I saw that had faith. The ones that had faith in God, you could just see them, despite the panic and the fear, they were crying out to God. They're saying, Lord, help us. We cry out to you. We need you. And I took heart from that because I thought, Lord, no matter what's going on, let's fix our eyes on you. Let's cry out to you. But King Jehoshaphat, if we read, as we read, resolved, in other words, he was determined to inquire and seek the Lord, and he called a fast for all of Judah. What a response. What a thing for the king to do, to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast. I remember Robin preaching the other day, and he said, the definition of fasting, am I right, is a homesickness for Jesus. A homesickness for Jesus. And then we see and we look what President Trump has done recently. He called a day of prayer in response to the coronavirus. He called the nation to pray. And we didn't hear that a lot in the media, but for those of us who did, we're like, yes, that's, that's what you do. Now, I'm not saying we don't stack up on our toilet paper and we don't get this, the hand sanitizer. And, you know, God gives us wisdom what to do in the practical, eh? He gives us wisdom of what to do. And Sharon's just saying that there's panic out there, but we don't jump into that. But as I read these scriptures, God gives us clear instructions and encouragement and direction of what to do with threats. Like Jehoshaphat, we can inquire of the Lord. We can wait. We can listen. And we can say, Lord, what do you want to say to us here at Southside? Even fast if that's what the Lord is calling you to do. Many of you know Lou Ingle called a global fast, and that was from the 1st of March, and it finishes just before Easter. And then I noticed in addition, he called a three-day fast this week for the coronavirus. That's the responses, and many of us caught that and we responded. But we live in such interesting times, because this was going on, but meanwhile, what was our government up to? Now I'm thinking, there's words that have been coming recently that we must pray for our government. We must hold them up in prayer. Because someone pretty wise, and I think it was Robin, who said, our nation reflects the state of the church. So behind the noise of the virus, there was a law getting passed. There was an abortion law getting voted through behind the scenes that many of us are aware of. A horrendous law that comes against the unborn children. It is so sad. 
And I was saying, Lord, our eyes need to be open to what's happening in our own nation. We need to pray for our government, and we need to cry out for mercy for Aotearoa. So I was reading these scriptures, and look what happened when the king inquired of the Lord and proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together from every town to seek help from the Lord. And the the word says, indeed, they came from every town. I looked at another translation from the Living Bible, and it says, people from all across the nation came from Jerusalem to plead unitedly with him. And I was asking, Lord, how does that happen? And I think I believe it's God-fearing leadership. God-fearing leadership. When a leader responds to a threat with calling for fasting and prayer, you know that something is right. You know that something is good. You know, ever since I have been at Southside, there has never been a major situation, circumstance, big decision that my whanau and I have gone through that we have not faced without the prayer support of you all and the intercessors. And I just had to stop for a moment and say, Lord, I am so thankful that I serve under God-fearing pastors and serve alongside God-fearing leaders. So here's the truth. Situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance, we have stood together as a community of believers. I think about my son's sickness. I think about when we bought our first home. I thought about when Claire's father passed away. The kids' schooling, work changes, family issues, financial challenges. These are the many testimonies of God's goodness through the faithful prayer of all of us standing together. Standing together, all of you. We've all got testimonies of God's faithfulness, moment, moment after moment, day after day. And this is no different what we're facing with this virus. We've been doing it, Southside. We've been doing it, and we just keep doing it, standing together against this virus. Like the people of Judah, they came together to seek him. I'm amazed how every Sunday night, Southside gathers for prayer. And the Lord speaks to us in different ways. Scriptures, songs, prophetic songs, intercession, travail, words. Every Sunday. But here's my confession. I don't always feel like going to prayer meeting. I don't always feel like going. But I try not (laughs) to use it as an excuse. That's your problem. That's right. And then I say, okay, I'm faced with a choice here, Lord. I don't feel like going. But of course it's not about me. And then this is how I counter my um, my sooky feelings. There are too many reasons not to go. There are too many reasons not to go. When I have seen God move when our intercessors and our pastors are praying and I've seen God move through the lives of our children, our loved ones, 
there are too many reasons not to go. Oh, and the cherry on top is that we get strengthened for the week ahead, eh? Isn't that true, eh? The cherry on top is no matter how late the night is, we get supernatural strength for the week ahead. I used to go, oh, Lord, it's going to go on so long. It's going to be so long. How am I going to cope in the morning? When I was working before the Lord said, take Monday as a Sabbath. How am I going to cope in the morning? And he said, Jeff, you trust me? And I said, sure, Lord, but you had to do it. I had to do it. And then as soon as I chose to do it, as soon as I pushed through, Monday came, I wasn't tired. Hey. Too many reasons not to go. Oh, there's too many reasons to go as well. Yeah. <laughs> however you take that. However you take that. So Jehoshaphat, here we go, stands in front of the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and offers this amazing, is it a prayer? Did you say it's a prayer, Robin Frawley? Or Jehoshaphat? It was a prayer, right? Yeah. So he stood in front of the assembly, verses 5 to 12, that amazing prayer that we declared today. These verses give me faith, especially in times like these, to remind us who God is and what he has done to protect us, to rescue the Israelites and us, all of us. We have no power ourselves to face this demonic onslaught, but we do when we keep our eyes on Jesus, eh? And stand in the truth and authority and the promises, and here's the key, we do what he asks us to do. Then look at verse 9. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, the plague, or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. You know, I looked at, those, I looked at verse 9 and I thought, man, I'm so challenged by that. I had to put a massive mirror up, look at myself. And ask the question, Lord, what's advancing with this abortion, marijuana, euthanasia, what's happening to our land? Do I cry out in distress against this? Over the state of the nation, am I running to Jesus? Am I fixing my eyes on him? Or do I say, oh, oh well, Lord, if you want to come and sort that out, go for it. Or do I ask the Holy Spirit, as we're saying this morning, to pray through me with manna. Help us, Lord. We cry out to you in our distress. Don't pass us by, Holy Spirit. There is no other solution that we have but Jesus. I have to personally keep challenging the apathy, the indifference that's in my own life towards the things of God. And it just so happens to be a stronghold over this nation that we have to keep tearing down. So I was talking to a brother the other day about fasting. And we were talking and, and we were both talking and we said, if through fasting we become closer to God than we were 
we'd be very happy men. Because just maybe we can catch the heartbeat of our Father and hear what concerns him. Lou Engel and Dean Bricks is the other co-author with Lou Engel in their book, The Jesus Fast. It really challenged me with a statement as I was reading through it. And it says, Thus our days are spent overstimulated to the point of numbness. Irony of ironies. A gluttonous, indulgent, entertained, addicted, twitterized age filled with illicit desire has produced the most bored and boring people. This is why fasting matters now more than ever, says Lou Engel. When our days are marked by excess, we lack the pure passion of hunger. That hit me between the eyes. But then I also got some wise advice from my mentors who said, with fasting, follow the Holy Spirit of what to fast and how long and just do it. I was praying the other day and this is what I heard, the cries of those unborn children that never had a chance to live. I wept and all I could say was, Lord, I'm sorry for my inconsistent prayers. The help and help my heart, Lord, to be concerned with your heart's cry for those babies and all of the whānau. It's not just the babies, it's the whole whānau that get affected through abortion. Instead of being concerned about my own needs, instead of putting myself on the throne, keep our eyes on Jesus and watch how much news we watch. Channel 3, Channel 1, be careful how much news we're watching. Because I was watching the news the other day and I just felt like, you know, dragged down. Dragged down. I just had to step aside and say, Lord, I'm better just to worship you. I'm better just to read your word. Well, that's good to be informed, eh? Maybe Fox News. To an extent, take the little bits, get the main headlines. He promises to never leave or forsake us, Deuteronomy 31.6. Here's the other thing on God's heart that I remembered as I was putting this together that has been stirred. And Sharon talked about it this morning, our pataka, our storehouse for kai for our south side whānau and beyond. The community gardens, Kathleen that is, she's initiating food growing to feed our communities. I thought, this is where God's, that's what he's saying. That's what he's doing amongst us. I believe times like this where many in our communities are afraid, lonely, worried. And what do we have? And I thought we have an opportunity to show them the love of Christ. We have an opportunity through hospitality to bring them the good news of the hope of Jesus Christ. Many of you know we've got new neighbours. So I was enjoying getting to know our new neighbours on the big two tourist homes next door. But also Claire and I have got to know one of, there's an old guy who lives next door to them and he's on his own. And he's, he's just hilarious really. He just gets in his car and he drives two hours anywhere 
he's, he, he just says, I just drive for two hours because I've got nothing else to do. So he'll drive to Whangamata, he'll drive up north, and he'll just drive back. And I went up to him and I said, um, what do you like to eat? And he said, oh, I really like seafood. So I said, okay. So we talked to him. <laughs> We've got to get a seafood dinner and invite him around. And when I talked to him, he said, yeah, I'm, really, I'm coming. And these are the opportunities that the Lord and the Holy Spirit is doing at this time. Look out, look out around, as we were saying this morning. Serve, host, and love our neighbors. Then look at verse 12. Hey, I say that. Um, I didn't get there overnight. I'm quite a selfish person. It took God to break me to start looking outwards. So I stand here humble to say, look, I don't go to my neighbor. I didn't go to my neighbor's just because of me it's because of God helping him then look at verse 12 oh our God will you not judge them for we have no power to face the vast army that is attacking us we do we do not know what to do but our eyes are on you if we look at our situation today with the virus it's so true that we don't know what to do we have no power to face us but God does we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We need to get our eyes on him, not to sit in fear and panic, which is demonic, but to wait and listen to what he has to say. Okay, let's all turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, and let's read it all together. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church about the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Just make sure I write down those verses properly. Is it the right book? I think it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3. Yep, verses 3 to 11. Praise to God of all comfort. Okay, are we ready? Ready, Anina? Praise the God of all comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope is for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, 
far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from, a, from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will de- continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. What a promise to stand on. In these shaky times, we don't rely on ourselves, man's wisdom. We rely on the God who raises, who raised, who was raised from the dead. Who is bigger than this virus? It's he who delivers us from the spirit of fear. It's him who never runs out of resources. It's him whose shelves never go empty. It's him who chases after us and rescue us, rescues us from our enemy. It's on him we set our hope, who delivers us as we help each other through prayer. And we praise him and we worship him. I heard a song the other day. You know how some of those songs just really stick? Hey, you listen to a song and you remember it, even though you might not necessarily go, oh, that's my favorite. But some songs just stick. And it goes like this. It's from Hillsong. And I, I won't sing it because I haven't um, learned it properly. It says, don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where our help comes from. I think it goes something like, don't let your heart be troubled. That's all I remember. God remembered me. Sorry. God reminded me this week how he delivered me from the demonic spirit of fear. You know, I knew fear as a close friend. It was like my blood brother, fear. I even remember even before I went through um, abuse that many of you know, I was, I was a fearful kid. And I remember going out, um, my dad builds boats, those um, sailing boats. And I remember going out with him, I can't remember how old I was. And you know how the boat tips on its side? Like they're meant to tip on the side because the keel keeps them steady but they tip right on the side when the wind gets up and they go along and I remember this panic and this fear came over me because I thought we're going to drown and I started crying out I started this fear just overwhelmed me and I thought what is this Lord I mean I didn't know the Lord then but I just started crying out and I started saying dad we're going to die and then there was another guy there his he owned the boat as well co-owners I said Barry we're going to die and all it was like all I received at that moment was, it's going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And I just lived through it. But I remember living through it and I'd go, I never want to experience this fear and panic again. I'm never going to go on a boat again. I'm never going to walk close to a cliff again. I'm ne- you know, and you bury it, eh? You bury it deep in you and you make these vows. You say, oh, I'm never going to experience that again because that is so ugly And then I became a Christian at 16, and I said, Lord, yeah, all my troubles are gone. And you know what God does, eh? He just brings it to the surface. 
And he said, Lord, I'm getting more fearful. I'm getting more fearful. I'm getting more fearful. And I think I remember talking to Robin and Foley about it. They said, oh, come on. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> toughen up. They didn't say toughen up. They love me. They love me with the love of Christ. Perfect love casts out all fear. But I didn't believe it. It was unbelief. I didn't believe it. I said, oh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to die every time. And, and, and I know some of you have similar testimonies. I was petrified to stand up like this. I never would stand up like this. I'd be the back of the class. When speeches happen in, in high school, as soon as they come off, I'd take off. Run around the back of the shed or somewhere and hide and just skip class. All of those things. Because I never knew how to deal with fear. I just thought, you bury it, you push it down until you feel better. And then what do you end up doing? Oh, any distractions? Remotes, other things. So just, and you push it down. And then, I think it might have been a Sunday morning, I think I got prayer or something. I can't remember, it might have been in Papatoi. But this demonic thing left. It might have been prayer meeting. I think it was prayer meeting. So that's why prayer meeting is good. You get delivered. Amen. A lot of them, all eh? we did delivered prayer meetings. And then I remember it went. But that was just the beginning again, because then I had to walk in the freedom. Because it kept coming back. Jeff, come, I want to come back in. Come on, Jeff, I'm your best friend. Oh, okay, come on in. I bring that fear back in. Oh, I, I, you're so familiar. And then you start to go through that same process again. And then God said through Robin and Foley, remember you're delivered. And I remember that word, remember you are delivered. Remember. And so I had to remind myself, actually, I'm delivered from fear. I have to walk in it. And when you're free, you have to stay free, eh? You've got to stay free. No going back and welcoming those um, ugly friends back in. I was reminded that God, who created the universe, created us. And he says, should we turn to Isaiah 41.10? Yeah, let's do it. Isaiah 41.10. How you going, Kathleen? Isaiah 41.10 says... That's right. That's right. Double checking. Are we ready? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This scripture is so true. When I look back at the times the Lord has supported me, He's held me. He's strengthened me with his righteous right hand. Time after time after time after time, he has been faithful. And this time, Southside, he's no different. He's no different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then we see from verse 14 onwards, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he prophesied and gave the Israelites specific instructions for them at that time. Those instructions, as we read before, were don't be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's. Face your enemy as the Lord 
will be with you. These specific instructions may or may not be for us. But what do we do? We just wait for the prophetic and the apostolic direction. But what I want to note for today was the king's and the people's respectful and humble response to the Lord's instructions. They fell on their face to the ground. They worshipped God and gave praise and thanksgiving. And I was challenged by that because what if the Lord said, repent, repent. And I was challenged by that because I thought, would I fall face down on my face and worship you, God, when you say repent? Maybe, maybe not. But maybe there'll be something in my heart that says, no, God, I ain't got a problem. The king declares to the nation of Judah, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. In other words, Southside, our faith in God will support us through any troubles, local or global. Our faith. John chapter 14, verse 1 Jesus says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, said Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, as we know so well, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That's my favorite verse. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. I want to finish by saying God is bigger than this coronavirus. God is bigger. He is still on the throne. And you know what? It's not our job to dwell in fear and panic. That's what I've been saying to myself, Jeff. That's not your job to dwell in fear and panic. But can I encourage us all to wait and listen, especially to the prophetic instructions, apostolic voice here at Southside, and what the Lord wants to specifically say to us. And this is what I've heard this week from Pastor Foley, just to remind us, many of you have read this. Pray against the preempted strike from the enemy through this COVID-19. Repent for taking his presence for granted and return to our first love. Repent from any jealousy, malice, arrogance, disobedience, and apathy. Be wise with our personal hygiene. So we're doing this, eh? The elbows. I actually put a plastic bag on my arm this morning, and I was going to shake someone's hand. But I thought, that's a bit over the top. God, God. And then Claire said to me, keep your distance. I said, sure, okay. Do not give in to the fear of panic. Keep our eyes on Jesus and run to him. Don't let our hearts be troubled. And this is what I sense to finish. I just sense that, can we declare Psalm 91 again? Can we all open our Bibles, declare it this morning, and then we'll just stop and wait, eh? Stop and wait on the Lord. See what he wants to do. Those listening, grab your Bible, Psalm 91.
yeah, you know, I memorized this and then I forgot it. <laughs> so that was a very good memory. Yeah, that's right, that I really remember it. Okay, gentlemen at the back, men, Psalm 91. Are we ready? Okay, let's go. Oh, feel free to stand if you want. It's up to you. Okay, let's go. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrows that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Lord, we just want to wait. Lord, we just want our ears to be open. Thank you, the instructions that you've already spoken prophetically to us, Lord. But Father, we stand before you, we sit before you this morning. And we want to fix our eyes on you, Lord. We want to fix our eyes on you, Lord. We want to listen. We want to listen. All I, all I just got just now was, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Come.
my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And also the other thing I heard was If fear of any sort is bothering you, then I'd like to pray for you. Any sort of fear, doesn't matter if it's big or small, I'd like to pray for you. Just like to invite any words of knowledge, any prophetic, anything prophetic might want to say this time. Thank you, Sella. Thanks, Jeff. Um, that word fear. Um, if you have it, please get some prayer for it. The reason why is because fear is the gateway to the demonic. Any fear we have, open the gates and other demons will come in. Um, the other thing I felt was go to the Lord. Get a promise from him and stand on it like your life depends on it. What I mean by that is when the Lord gives you a word, that is a contract between you and him that he will keep his word. So when he gives you something and you're afraid, you go to him and you said, Lord, this is what your word said and this is what you gave to me. And I stand on that, that the enemy has no right to come near me, come near my family because you promised. Because if God does not keep his word, then our faith is useless. Because that's the point. The other thing I felt to say is this. All of the things that are happening in the world go inside with one another. This is not the first virus that's going to come. There's going to be floods of them. But understand what the church has declared. The church has declared that there is going to be a harvest of souls. And because there's going to be a harvest of soul, the grim reaper is going over the earth harvesting for the demonic. Souls for hell. And so he is countering what the church has declared. Therefore, what we pray, if you look at the attacks, it's the unborn babies, the elderlies, the people that nobody wants. The government's solution to social economic is by actually removing unwanted children because of the weight it puts on the economic requirements of society. So what does it do? It declares that it gets removed because that's a solution to the problem. The church has declared that there is going to be a harvest, so the enemy comes and preempts the harvest himself. 
And what are we standing for? We're standing to believe that every person that you know that's not saved will be saved. Because that's what we have to lift our eyes for. That God, uh, see, remove, we have to deal with the fear of death. If we know where we're going, why are we afraid? If heaven is real, why are we afraid? Really. And the, the Lord wants to encourage us to stand for the revival that the Lord has promised and the salvation of the souls because it's not, if we are not, if we are not bringing souls into Jesus, they're going to hell and we're going to see them die on our watch. Because this thing is harvesting souls and taking people through death. And it has done it in different parts of the world. The reason why the Lord wants us to actually stand up and go, no. And we need to understand what's happening because so we can pray to the right things against the right things. The virus is here. It's going to spread. It's going to come near you and me. But the thing that we pray for is that the enemy will not allow this thing to kill people that are not yet known Jesus. And we intercede for that, that the Lord will get his reward. To be afraid of it is like, Lord, the sooner this thing gets into community, the more the immunity will grow because our systems will rise to stand against it. And it is already in the country. And, and, and to be afraid of it is like, it's like being afraid of the flu. We have to kind of understand what is happening around us. So we, we put our energy into praying for people that actually need to know Jesus. If you're afraid, come and get prayer because that thing needs to be removed. Otherwise, sickness will come into your home. And someone pray for Sarah Rose, for her leg. That's not going to go away. We're going to finish that thing. Um, and we'll pray. Uh, and someone to pray for John. Because he, he may not be here, but he needs prayer. Um, and if you need prayer, please come up for anything. If you have financial needs, if you have worries, if you worry about your kids, yada, yada, yada. That's what this moment is about. Please bring your needs to the front and we'll pray with you. And please exercise faith. Rise. Rise, Southside. Rise. Because this is a smoke screen. It is a smoke screen. It is trying to, to you watch what's happening to all the churches. It's being dismantled. The meetings that where the worship of Jesus happens on Sunday mornings are being dismantled. The worship that's supposed to belong to Jesus on a Sunday morning is being dismantled. That should not happen. And so when you actually, we are very, very fortunate that we are together. And so if you need prayer for anything, bring um, Josiah as well. He needs prayer. Please somebody lay hands and remove that thing. And so, yeah, remember that. She needs prayer. 
And oh yeah, there's a few kids that do need prayer. So please um, exercise that faith. Okay. Thank you for listening. <laughs> awesome, Stella. Yeah. That's awesome. She's tall and she stands here. So <laughs> I need to stand here too. Okay. It's interesting because, you know, the, the Lord works incredibly well. He orchestrates his words. She receives, I was thinking, I wonder if, if she has exactly the same word, I will not stand here. Rasella has received, yes, Raphael. Rasella has received one part of it, I received the other part. I am just so thankful that she has a direct and specific word for Southside, which I do not have. Mine is more like overarching. And I've been saying, Lord, where is the clear word for Southside? There it is. You know, if I were you and I, were, and I am you, I will take everything that she has said. So what I have is this. The COVID-19 is not supposed to happen now. This is a preemptive strike by the devil, by Satan. He wants to catch the church unready. The church is unready. There will come a time, and the Lord has it in his schedule. But the enemy is trying to preempt this. If you read Revelation... There will be a time coming where there will be one world government that is ruled by anti-Jesus, the Antichrist. That will happen. Not now. Because God always prepares His church. And therefore, I'm going to share what, I've, what I feel I have received. And I'm not, I'm not saying I am the only one that hears. Please be judging also my word. Okay, I feel what the Lord is saying is the church, one, we need to repent because all of us are crying out to him when any other time we have despised worship, we have looked down on his presence, we have taken for granted. That's why the Lord's been coming to us like that because he is loving us. Number two, because this is preemptive attack, we need to pray, intercede, that this pass soon. And I feel this may pass soon, very, very soon, more than we think. But the Lord is using this time for His intercessors, His church, to raise in authority. And put back things in line. When the enemy has preempted something, when the church and the whole world is not ready, then it is not right. I love this because to me, Jesus said, I'm turning this into a dress rehearsal. Man, thank you, Father. The dress rehearsal. You know, I preach from... Revelation 19, at the end of last year. And the Lord said, this word, hang on to this word. 
in that word, I think I will read it to you again. In that word, Jesus appeared as the word of God, glorified Jesus, on white horse with his armies. You know, I always say army is more than one army. There are armies of God. And he is coming back with them to actually capture the beast, Satan. But this is now, because it is preemptive, I feel the Lord has come to dress rehearsal. That his church use this time to be ready. Do not pray. This is my thing. We often pray, oh Lord, let this thing pass. You know what? Do not expect that we will be the same even after this passes. We should not be the same as we had been before this happened. The Lord is calling us to use this time to fall in love with his son, Jesus Christ, again. Last year came a prophetic word from Revelation chapter 2 that we need to go back to the first love for Jesus. They're still going. And even more now. So, this is the time that every attitude that take the Lord for granted and everything that he has, his church, his word, that needs to go. Even if you don't want to let it go, you will have to because of the time. Rasela said, rise in faith. Yeah, so listen. Any fear, just come to the front. Heed what she just said. But intercessors, leaders, all of us, just remember it's our responsibility to pray and stand against this. But before that, let us repent. I'm not as, you know what, really, I'm not a spoken prophetic person. I'm more a, a writing one. I only speak when I need to speak to the people, which almost every week. <laughs> but really, when it comes even in such a, you know, I will say things in such a passing way. But it's not really passing way. The Lord has spoken to many, many. Because I tested this word. I tested this word. I tested against so many prophets. I only bring to you because it has been tested. Okay, Salsa, thank you, Froli. Thank you, Salah. So let's respond. I'm going to close. So let's respond, eh? As the words came. Oh, Siolo. And I just want to say, you know, salvation is here. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal saviour, you know, come up. He wants to be your friend. If, if you want to receive him this morning, then you know, the opportunity is here for you too. Anyone else? Okay. Any words of knowledge, Catherine, from the children? Okay, we've got some, we have some calls for prayer for the children so they can go. Father, let's, let's close and please respond. Please respond to those words. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you would come and speak so directly to us. Father, we're thankful. Father, we are so thankful.